always got Pixlexia, okay? This all on you? This all on your cow? Welcome, foolish mortals. It is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. The reference here is very obscure. Welcome to the Obscure World of Disney. You're listening to the Obscure Disney Podcast. It's our belief that no detail is too small, no character cameo too short, and no quirk too strange to be celebrated. And with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, why not get an annual pass wherever you get your podcast from or find us at ObscureDisneyPodcast.com. And see all of our fun patches at DisneyPatch.com. It's a patch cast. Oh, it's a patch cast. It is. Oh, look at that. It's Welcome I to October, everybody. It's October. Oh, my gosh. It feels like the year has simultaneously flown by and crawled to a dead stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. This month, I was able to finally force you to watch one of my favorite movies right. all the way through, which was always exciting for me. And I thought for sure that there was a chance that I'd watched Roger Rabbit all the way through. And I thought that the ending would be one that I'd recognize. Yeah. No. Not so much. Nope. Haven't done. Nope. You kept on declaring that you knew how things were ending. And I was like, okay. Uh And then we got to the end. I was like, yeah, you had no idea. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, spoiler alert, Steve thought it was uh, Jessica Rabbit the whole time. He's like, she's the bad guy, right? And I'm like, uh... I thought Baby Herman was going to come back and do it. Yeah. But apparently, no. Not so much. If you haven't guessed, we're talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, But fun fact, Steve, actually, there were different versions of the movie that did have Jessica Rabbit and Baby Herman both as the villains. No way. I was right the whole time. Well, no, because it didn't actually happen. Oh. (laughs) It was completely different versions. (laughs) Oh, I, I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were both good characters that could have wound up bad at the end, but I prefer the ending that we got with crazy Christopher Lloyd, personally. Yeah, totally right. Like, I was like, who pissed off Doc so much? Yeah. <laughs> he really went off the deep end at the last time, didn't he? Um, but Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out in 1988, directed by one of my favorite directors, Robert Zemeckis. Uh, and I love this movie. I was shown it at an early age, probably too early of an age for you know what some of this contains but i loved it um and it actually cost 70 million dollars to make oh really which would be equivalent to 150 million dollars now oh that's spendy well it it was a spendy film it was revolutionary in the way that it was made um Disney had done kind of the same thing where he took actors and put them in a cartoon world, obviously in Mary Poppins. Yeah. And so that was a well-known thing. But the, the thing that they were trying to do was bring cartoons into a more realistic setting, it's True, which requires a lot more work. Yeah, it does. Obviously. Yeah. And this mm. was before they had computer animation and things to huh. put everything together. So, all the animation in there was drawn by hand. Wow, uh, that's impressive, isn't it? And, and the way they would do it is they would print out black and white stills of every frame. Then the artist would lay their paper over it and draw the character and then put up the next frame and draw the character over that. Wow. And then they would be painted and layered and then ILM would composite all of them together at the end. 
holy ridiculous it's crazy the amount of work that went into this movie wow that is unbelievable yeah i can't believe that that's a genius idea though right it was yeah like i said it was a revolutionary thing and it was wildly popular because it was cartoons in a way that we had not seen them before um it was putting your favorite cartoon characters into a a film noir type of thing a spy movie you know and it's done in such a way that it's played all serious like it's just a given fact that cartoons are real and they can walk around like everybody else and then i did love the comedic humor of it all as well like Mm -hmm. all of the jokes about the traffic of la you know yeah of course I mean, legendary. It just gets better with age. Like this is the only kind of sh- this show gets better the older it gets because of the traffic. The in, in LA. jokes. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, and said the, LA residents. The, right. <laughs> the great thing about it, I did some research into it a little bit. Um, so, in Los Angeles during the 1940s, car and tire companies teamed up against the Pacific Electric Railway System. And bought them out of business, which means where the freeway runs in Los Angeles right now is literally where the red car used to be. You're talking about in real life? In real life. Yeah. Yeah, Um, crazy, right? And just for reference, the Pacific Electric Railway Company was a privately owned mass transit system in Southern California consisting of electric electrically powered streetcars, interurban cars, buses, and was the large, largest electric railway system in the world in the 1920s. Oh, wow. So the red trolley car that we see at California Adventure is not only from Roger Rabbit, but is authentically true to California. It's true to California. Well, that's something you didn't know. <laughs> well, and that was kind of the idea for that part of california adventure originally too was that it was going to be toontown and so the red car would totally make sense for that kind of area toontown was supposed to be over in california adventure yeah oh it was it was tossed around for a minute yeah and it ended up over really they were they were trying to make a roger rabbit toon studios Uh over in california adventure oh that's fun because you know it's a movie making place or whatever yeah it totally would have fit yeah it made sense i I thought it would be cool that's crazy never happened huh but have to find out more about that i had to look it up but the railway system that got torn out and replaced connected la county orange county and riverside county so it was a like yeah like Like eddie says in the in the movie who needs a car we la's got the best public transit system in the world (laughs) i love that line and it's just like you laugh because it's like no la does not have a mass transit system and it's not good if it does and then you realize it could have uh-huh and it could it was well still been there but no yeah they had to give it up for that that's that's crazy but the show itself is really hilarious right like it really is the the concept like i said of having the cartoons in a real world makes their weirdness even more funny mm-hmm. in conjunction with what's going on even just the beginning scene where you see this ridiculous cartoon with roger getting you know burned alive and uh-huh. thrown across the room and poor roger the uh refrigerator drops on his head and then 
they cut because he's blowing his lines. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be stars, not tweeting birds flying around his head. <laughs> and you see that literally the cartoons are being made just like every other film was made at the time with cartoons and starring roles. Yeah. Right. And it's such an interesting concept that especially me as a younger kid, I loved that idea and thought it was such a cool idea. Completely. Yeah. It's completely hilarious. It's a great show. I love it. It's like I said, one of my favorite movies ever. Um, and then you bring in Christopher Lloyd as judge doom, which is an iconic character. Uh, he's so unnerving and strange um part of it because he has the dental appliance in that uh-huh. literally like makes his teeth look like a solid uh-huh like they were veneers before they were actually veneers totally. type of look yeah it's kind of creepy and i didn't realize this until i did some more research is that christopher lloyd doesn't blink the whole time he's on camera oh wow so if you're paying attention he doesn't blink. I just thought that was natural for him. Yeah, he's just naturally weird <laughs> like that. I don't think we've ever seen him blink on camera, right? <laughs> like, ever. I'm going to go back and watch uh, <laughs> Back to the Future just to make sure he blinks. And Taxi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a strange departure from Taxi for him to go from that to... Who thought he was going to go this far? Go figure. Um, and so he plays uh, Judge Doom, which is the uh inspiration for the patch this month uh which i had to work a long time on i've wanted to make a patch about who framed roger rabbit for a long time and had not been really able to figure out what i wanted to do with it well there's a thousand different things you can do right right i feel like we could do a whole year just based off of roger rabbit right for sure (laughs) um and i knew i wanted to do one about dip because it's such an essential part of the story and it does scare me every time we're on the ride the dip gun scares you uh-huh, right yeah when, when we think <laughs> or it's gonna spray us um and so i decided to uh pay homage to judge doom and dip with our patch this month which uh is literally a f- cool silhouette of judge doom with his drippy glove after he kills the cartoon shoe yeah, you went to the you went right to the dark side of the of the show. I did the darkest moment. Made a patch out of it, and I will say that part always makes me uncomfortable when he kills the shoe. It's so sad. It's true, poor little thing. Fun fact: Did you know the shoe was given the sounds the shoe make when it's being dipped were made by Nancy Cartwright, who is the voice of Bart Simpson? Oh, ah, uh, really Isn't that weird, ah. She's uh, so talented. She's so talented. She can that play a, a boy or a shoe. It's just amazing. <laughs> uh, so resume. So I used the the image of Doom in silhouette, holding up his drippy, gross glove covered in dip, and then the formula for dip um, is turpentine, acetone, benzene, as we are told during the movie look i'm just saying that as a cartoon this does sound like a lethal combination doesn't it it is for (laughs) for a tune it would be because all of those are paint thinners and used to remove paint from different surfaces totally makes sense so legitimately it is something that would kill a tune poor thing um because we've talked they were saying in the 
they say in the movie, you remember how we used to think there wasn't a way you could kill a tune because they've established before you, you can do anything to them. You can drop anything on their head. You can smack them with anything and they'll just walk it off. Right. Uh, but uh, Judge Doom's concept is that you have to make them respect you, which in his mind means fear you. So he created Dip. Right. To scare the tunes, apparently. Well, I mean, and obviously there's a whole real estate subplot going on about redevelopment, you know? Yeah. And so, of course, I was all engaged in that. <laughs> because we find out Judge Doom buys up the red car and wants to get his hands on Toontown. Him the whole time. <laughs> so that he can take the whole thing apart and build his freeway. So and next time you're stuck on the five. Thank Judge Doom. <laughs> um yeah it's his like wild crazy villain rant at the end where he's like i see you know tire salons restaurants that serve rapidly prepared food <laughs> a gas station on every corner billboards stretching on for miles yeah, you know preach <laughs> <laughs> and uh then uh we have the epic battle where Doom gets run over by a steamroller, and we find out the whole time he's been a tune. The Not just time. any tune. He's been the tune that killed Eddie Valiant's brother. Yeah, he's an evil tune. He is a bad guy. He's doing all kinds of killing. <laughs> and I love it when he's like, he's a tune. And uh, Judge Doom, in his tune form, says, surprised. And Eddie's like, no. That freeway idea could only be thought up by a tune. <laughs> and then uh, uh. He, he reveals himself to be the one that killed Eddie's brother and R.K. Maroon, uh, which is kind of the instigating element in this movie. Mm, right. Uh, and then uh, he gets dipped himself. Massively so. All of that dip used right back on him. And there's been like some discussion as to what Doom was as far as a cartoon goes. Like at the end, you can hear people, the cartoons talking. They're like, he wasn't a duck or a mouse or, you know, mm. like they're all n disowning what it was <laughs> underneath the mask. <laughs> um, and there have been some like online ideas of what he would look like but they mostly just look like judge doom but in a cartoon form sure like a darth vader basically like a darth vader right well kind of it's just like it looks like christopher lloyd but hyper cartoonized is what people have decided that he looks like under the mask well that's that's definitely not a duck no it's definitely not a duck mm. <laughs> or a sheep or a dog <laughs> Uh, but the other great thing about this movie is that they got permission to use all sorts of characters in here. Yeah, there's a lot that are not Disney in there, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Dumbo obviously is. Dumbo. I've got him on loan for Disney and he works <laughs> for Peanuts. Uh, but they have uh, Donald and Daffy Duck. They have a scene together where they're playing piano in the Ink and Paint Club. Oh, yeah. Um, and then they also have a scene with Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse. Uh -huh. They're both skydiving, yeah. oddly enough. Uh, and it was part of the stipulations from the different companies that their main stars needed to have the exact same time on screen as the other main star. 
So they didn't want Mickey to have like a starring role and then like Bugs Bunny shows up for like three seconds. Oh, uh-huh. So the way that they made sure that they had the exact same time frame is that they just put them in the scene together. Oh, and that's they're fun. like, there. Now they have the exact amount of same the same scene time. <laughs> well, I think we needed more Betty Boop in the whole show. Oh, Betty. Right? Work's been kind of slow since cartoons went to color. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the Ink and Paint Club though because um, they were they were trying to come up with ways to make the tunes interact with the real world, right? Uh-huh. And so the whole Ink and Paint Club had to be built about six feet off the ground so that they could have puppeteers of things underneath the floor. Oh. moving things around so you'll notice that like the penguins are serving as waiters and they're uh-huh. carrying real trays and those are literally just on s- sticks painted black with people underneath walking them around the set oh that's so, crazy if you look really closely in some scenes you can actually see the slot in the floor uh-huh. underneath the penguins where they're walking oh, i will totally have to go back and watch that yeah and then like you, they they have a octopus that's running the bar and everything that he's holding is being held up by wires like a marionette huh. while he's like running the bar and stuff. Oh, that's pretty fun. Do you think the film made money? Was it a profit making film for them? Oh, it was a huge success. Okay. Yeah. Good, it was a very good. big deal. So much so that they planned two sequels for it. Oh, wow. But there was a big dispute over who had the rights to Roger Rabbit. Mm. Um, which is why we've seen no sequels and why Disney basically abandoned the character for a long time. Yeah. Um, the, the most recent thing that we got of him, of course, is Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin in Toontown at Disneyland. Um, but you don't see Roger walking around the parks at all. That's um, a very good point. They did put that. And I, I love that ride. It's so much fun. Yeah. And I love the queue. I just wish you could go at your own pace through the queue. Yeah. You know? It'd be fun. Well, now that you've seen the movie too, you can kind of enjoy the queue, enjoy the queue a little bit more. Yeah. Cause they've added fast pass, but then you skip the whole queue, which is great. Unless you want to just see the queue, which right. is great, which you is know? heavily themed and it's super fun. But claustrophobic. It is a little claustrophobic. Um, but you do pass like the ink and paint club. Yeah. And the mo- the bane of my existence is that if you knock on the door of the Ink and Paint Club, the the peephole slides open and the, the gorilla's in there. Oh, uh-huh. Which is fun, except for then every child for the rest of the queue has to knock and pull on every single door. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, why did they set that precedent so early on? <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> Do now, we got, very last now we've got to watch the kids run around and slam knock on every door oh, that's you very know true uh but they only can do it if they know the password yeah right do you know the password now to get into the ink and paint club uh, walt sent me right <laughs> yeah. yeah uh there's also a really fun easter egg uh when uh eddie's in toontown he walks into the bathroom that's out of order right before he falls oh okay yeah um and it says for a good time called call allison wonderland (laughs) on the wall behind him oh my (laughs) which is part of the which is part of the humor that probably wasn't appropriate for me as a kid to watch but i'm sure i didn't get that in any way shape or form which made it so good because like baby herman has a couple lines that you're like oh i definitely didn't get that as a kid (laughs) 
I, you know, every, I, I like going back and watching a few inappropriate movies made by Disney every now and then. Right. And this would be one of them. Well, and technically it was made under their te- touchstone uh, moniker. Yeah. But yeah, it is a Disney movie that has I'm all about some this interesting concept. things. Yeah. It's fine with me. Uh, I support it. I do too, because it's my fav- one of my favorite movies. Uh, if you haven't seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it is on Disney+. Plus. That's where we watched it this last time. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you can find it on Blu-ray also and get lots of fun special features if they have them on there. I don't know. I would assume they do. Mm. Uh, You get to see all the fun rigs and the ridiculous things that they did to bring the cartoons to life in in the real world. And if you're a big enough fan, you can always go to DisneyPatch.com and get the patch for this month, the Dip Patch. Right. Turpentine, acetone, benzene. Just in time for Halloween because it's a pretty dark patch. Yeah, it's a little creepy. <laughs> but just, I have to say... how we like it. Uh, yeah. Our customers tend to like the creepy, honestly. <laughs> so uh, if, you, if you aren't a member of our patch club, if you are, it should have already gotten to you. If not, you know, it'll be there soon. Um, but you can always go to DisneyPatch.com and get it because it's yeah. super cool. Very true. Uh, but it's like I always say, I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Follow my perfectly sculpted two-finger point to the exit. If you enjoyed today's podcast, rate, review us on your favorite podcast app. And if you didn't, help us do better by buying a patch at DisneyPatch.com. Always be proud of what makes you unique. And we'll see you next time on the Obscure Disney Podcast. <laughs>